podcast for those who suffer, which is everyone. It's a space where we can speak honestly about what it feels like to be in desolate places without losing hope. Welcome to In the Thicket. This week's episode has lots of different things that we touch on, like meekness and gentleness, beauty, receptivity, stay-at-home moms, working moms. And the common thread with all of them is caricatures of femininity. So we're looking at what it means to be a woman. And we will 100% warn you ahead of time, this podcast episode is less about answers than it is about generating more questions. So if that's how you feel at the end of the episode, please know that that's also how we felt at the end of the episode when we were recording it. Because femininity is something that we're still understanding more about and what it means to be a woman, what it means to be made in the image and likeness of God as a woman. So we hope that you enjoy and we would love to have your feedback at any of our social media channels or you can send us an email at inthethicketpodcast at gmail.com. God bless you. Hi, everyone. Hello, Hello, Rachel. Hi. Um, how are you guys? Uh, I'm so excited because I'm back last week. I was not here at our in the thicket podcast. So, uh, glad to be back. And I guess just to introduce, I'm, I'm Rachel and I'm here with, I'm Aaron. Yeah. And I'm Nicole. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, for any new listeners, welcome you guys. Welcome to our podcast on suffering. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Bless you. Nicole just sneezed. <laughs> I did, but I muted my mic. So none of you, you heard that. That's you did very so well. talented. I know. You know, I've had some practice. It's okay. seamless. That reminds me of, so I took my nephews the other day, we went to this place called flying squirrel, which is like the coolest wow. place. It's like totally covered in trampolines. Mm-hmm. So you can like bounce oh, everywhere. Yeah. They've got like a, whatever foam pit, all of these kind of things. And they're like, so excited. Personally, for me, I'm pretty sure that I have a repressed memory about being in a ball pit when I was young and oh, sinking shoot. underneath the balls and then <laughs> panicking and thinking I was going to be lost. Like, oh, no. I think I actually thought that it was like bottomless and I was oh, just going to yeah. die in a pit of balls. Anyway, <laughs> that's the, that's, that's a, aside from this. So, um, so relating to the sneezing so my nephew just still has this little bit of a lingering cough he's he was sick like a while ago but he's like like almost three you know so he's just little and when he was coughing instead of covering his mouth and coughing he was going like this (laughs) so he was holding his hand like you know how you would put your hands if you're like amplifying your voice to shout at somebody like hey he would do it with one hand and then cough so basically he was just enabling his his germs germs to spread yeah so that's hilarious nasty but so cute yeah it was very cute (laughs) nasty but so cute but also it's so funny that you bring up trampoline stuff because I have gone down the weirdest rabbit hole you guys the weirdest YouTube shorts rabbit hole of like it's not that I guess it's not it's just weird for me of these people who are like trampoline acrobat performers oh, yeah. mm. and they do this insane stuff really like they like climb up walls and they do all these flips and like they're all like gymnasts basically but they're like doing yeah. it and it's like it's so addictive like I think I I'm not gonna lie to you I think I spent like almost two hours down one of these rounds. like <laughs> how much trampolining can one person watch <laughs> apparently right. a lot so yeah that is both embarrassing and just honest so well you, you know that's really great well I mean what's your trampoline experience Nicole now that I'm, you know, I'm trying real hard to think of one. Uh, (laughs) All Um, I remember is like, you know, those backyard trampolines and like, 
Yeah, um, we didn't best. have one as a kid, but other people did. And then yeah. I remember whenever we'd go to someone's house and they had a trampoline, my mom was terrified. She'd say, yeah, just be careful because it's possible that you'd break your neck and be paralyzed for the rest of your life. Oh and gosh. so That's I was intense. like, okay. So basically <laughs> like, it was like, don't do flips. Okay. Right. Gotcha. So, okay. Which is all these people do that I watched. Oh yeah. yeah exactly. It's really yeah. cool. Yeah, I remember so the first cool. time I watched like trampolining at the Olympics, there was like, I think yeah. there was a Canadian who won a bronze medal, like a few years ago, probably like mm. 10 years ago, 12 years ago. I don't know. A while ago. And I remember watching her and watching like a little CBC, um, Canadian broadcast corporation special on her. Yeah. I don't remember her name, but just being like, oh my gosh, this is wild. And it's yeah. so, it's dangerous too, because if you it get is. slightly off center, oh, yeah. or you, you kind of lose your sense of direction, yeah. then you can go off and that can be really, really dangerous. Yeah. But no, it's, cool. it's very it cool goes so high. Okay. Do yeah. you guys remember though, with those backyard trampolines, like mm-hmm. now they have these like paddings that go around, yeah. the, but, but before it was just a metal those frame springs. with rusty springs. <laughs> like <laughs> I don't understand Tetanus how just waiting I to know it's like for all of these things. when I think about, it, I don't know how any of us who are older than 25 <laughs> actually made it to adulthood because all of these <laughs> safeguards that there are for kids and right. for things now are like, they just weren't there. I guess yeah, that's why were. our you know my generation is tough like wartime (laughs) tough you know yeah yeah you did the trampolines with the rusty spray that's right that's That's right unlike you softies who had the pads on it yeah losers come on right yeah yeah anyways Um, anyways so to transition from here to our (laughs) you know uh we're just gonna go for it so yeah yeah, we're talking about we're, we're talking about women today we're talking about caricatures of women, womanhood, femininity. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And I think, I mean, this is something, so I'm, I'm studying theology right now and, and, and the subject of what it means to be a woman and, and, and creating the image and likeness of God. Like these are things I'm very interested in from an academic perspective, but today we're not going to go into it. Like well, academic, academic-y. We're not doing that. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Cause yeah, there you go. Um, today we're going to talk about it just from like a personal yeah, our personal experience with this of, of being a woman of faith and encountering different sort of models or images or proposals of what it means to be a woman, what femininity means, um, from the world or from sort of our faith culture and yeah. And our response and our experiences of that. So yeah, I just want to throw it out to you guys Mm. first off, like, yeah, what have your, what are the kinds of images that come to mind for you of femininity that you've encountered that you've sort of not resonated with, like that have been kind of like, well, this isn't sitting with me. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, I don't know, Aaron, you want to start off? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Cause okay. So a little bit of just like context for me of these things is coming from this place of um, when I had a conversion, when I was kind of in my early twenties. Right. So I was coming, it was after university, just after I finished university and my whole university experience was like filled with all of the ideals of women being uh, um, like strong, independent, but like not in necessarily a, a good way, but like free of men, um, competing with men, like forceful, you take what you want, you get your own girl. Like that was kind of the, the thing. Um, and so then it was like, I had this conversion and, and it was like a really powerful conversion. So then I'm starting to see this world through like this whole other lens and then trying to figure out. So I'm like, okay, so Catholic women are meek, 
um, and quiet and <laughs> like gentle. And like, I was thinking, because I was thinking about Our Lady, right? Like in some, in some ways, right, because right. I think for me, it was like, actually, it was like caricatures of her that right. were first. Cause, cause none of the, like so much of the stuff that we say about Mary or that we think about Mary sometimes I think is not actually correct to right. what, mm-hmm. like, she was like a teenager who got pregnant and had like the courage and then was like I'm gonna go travel by myself to a different place yeah Yeah, like all this like she was feisty probably well yeah and to tell an angel like she's talking to an angel like no problem like everybody else is frozen with fear and dies on the spot but she's like oh yes I'm going to ask I'm gonna ask you for justification for what you're saying like there's no you know (laughs) right so it was like for me I was kind of trying to think about I felt a lot like I had to hide myself very frequently right. because I felt like like anybody who knows me for three seconds knows that I am fairly outspoken. I'm quite loud. I have um, like an iffy sense of humor a lot of the times. <laughs> like it rides the line. I, I'm I'm not. Sometimes I'm more like a bull in a china shop than I am like a delicate flower, you know? So, so I felt like I was like, okay, so to be pleasing to the Lord and to be, you know, what it means to be a Catholic woman, I have to basically change every aspect of mm. myself from what naturally is, right? <laughs> which oh, is man. a huge thing, you know? So that was kind of like my intro into Catholic femininity. Ooh, yeah. Mm. Cool. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. How about you, Nicole? <laughs> yeah. You know, I think, I think that where I've encountered ideas of what it means to be like a woman and a Catholic woman, um, that didn't resonate came later. I think I would say that I was in in, or came later, but were mostly related to ideas of vocation. Um, and Mm. so, you know, as somebody who kind of, I knew from my teens and as soon as I started undergrad, I was like, Oh, I cool. I want to teach university. I want to do a PhD. Like I knew that I was the nerdy one. I knew that that was my, mm. like, I, cause I just loved, I loved the intellectual life and I loved thinking and loved all of this stuff, very analytical, whatever. Um, and there was a great, I, you know, I'm, I'm blessed. I think about this all the time. I'm like, man, I'm somebody who, you know, needs glasses and is a woman and if I was born, you know, a hundred years ago, I would not be able probably right. be doing a field where all I have to do is like read things and think and do intellectual work. That just wouldn't have been my, you know, right. I wouldn't have been able to do this. I'm so thankful that I'm able to pursue this. And I've always had support from my parents and, and family and everything like that um, in, in pursuing these things. But I think where I first encountered um, almost the idea, well, there was, there was always still this desire to, to have this career. And it wasn't even like, I'm like, oh, I want a career. It was just like, I really like doing these things um, intellectually and academic pursuits. So I'm just going to keep doing that. But there was also this thing to be like, well, but also I really want to desire marriage. And it took me a while to sort of admit that to myself because I was sort of confused about how God leads in vocation and what I should do and whatever. But there was this, there was this desire for, for motherhood and for, uh, for marriage. And I remember just being like, I don't, how is that all going to fit? Like, how is this all going to work? And I don't know, but, um, but feeling this kind of call to school and to studying was just always so strong. And I had no, it was like, like, despite my 
uncertainty about how this would all work with me as with these other desires, it was just always very clear that this is what I was called to. So I just kept kind of going down this path, but yeah, um, I was dating someone at one point who, who really struggled with the fact that I was in grad school mm. um, because, because he wondered, well, how, like, how will that work? I, how will that work when you, you know, become a stay-at-home mom? And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like, yeah, right. um, <laughs> yeah. not that I have any like aversion to becoming a stay-at-home mom. There's still like, I would love to do that and work full-time. I don't mm-hmm. know if that doesn't, I don't know. There are women who do that, but, yeah. um, but it was just this thing of like, oh, wait a second. You're expecting that because I'm Catholic and I'm a woman that this is my, this is my place is to mm. be a stay-at-home mom because you work right. and, and feeling, and I, I didn't expect to feel so angry at that. Right. Um, and yeah. And so I think, I think it's those kind of expectations or, um, yeah, just when I, when I read other, I don't know, different writings of people who are like, yeah, this, like this specific way of living out of your vocation or your life or your career, this is what it means to be a Catholic woman mm-hmm. that I just like my, my blood boils because I'm like, I just mm. feel like God is more creative than that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah. So I think that's, that would be the main, the main spot where I've encountered this of like, okay, something doesn't fit with how right. I've been led, how God has really clearly led me. Um, yeah. yeah. I, um, yeah, it's, this is so charged for me in so many ways, because I think like here, he, there's a reality of woundedness, right. In this area would not, I'm not. And I think I like, I have so many amazing women friends who like some of which this woundedness that I experienced, they experience, and some who don't like some who are like genuinely like, no, I'm like, I'm cool. Like there's sort of a natural way in which they they understand their own femininity that I don't actually have. So I think for me, like I always had that, like the whole, like guys versus girls, like girl power kind of thing. Like mm. when I was really young, like, I don't know where it came from or how mm. it happened, but I there. And so simultaneous with that, I think there's always like a wound of like, I don't know if like being a woman is, is, is it not as good enough? Like it mm. sort of, sort of mm. felt like, and this is right, right where our culture is, right? Like this idea that like, we have to be exactly like men because they have the best of everything. And so like, right. we need the best of everything. So we're going to be like, and this is weird, just distortion. But I think I had that sort of a natural feeling of that, where I was like, I feel like guys have it better. And like, I, I don't like that. And, and I think because of that, like recognizing that as I grew, like in my faith was very good. And it was very helpful. Like, Oh, okay. Like this is distorted and this is wrong. But then in correcting that distortion, it was more complicated or more nuanced than I thought, which is kind of what you guys are, are, are pointing Mm -hmm. at, you know, it wasn't like, well, the correction to this is like this specific kind of life or this specific thing. It's something deeper. It's something more mysterious or has been anyways for me. And there's also like a reckoning with like, what does it mean to be a woman that, that is just really unique, like our cycles and our bodies and like all the stuff that we have to deal with that is very unique to being a woman um, that does shape how we see the world and shapes just our experience, right? Like our life mm-hmm. experience in a deep way mm-hmm. and, and recognizing like there are limitations there's limitations that are kind of inscribed into my life because of my mm-hmm. womanhood 
but it's not bad. So it's like, I'm just like, kind of just like picking at different things that I think factor into this equation, but it doesn't mean like you punch all these things into a computer. And then it's like, there you go, you know, stay at home. This formula. Yeah. That's yeah. Homeschool, blah, blah, blah. Your hair should be, you know, moderate length enough to put into a braid. There should, yeah. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it actually reminds me of that quote, um, from St. Edith Stein, where she says, women doesn't need what women do. It needs what, who women are, like which is world, like the world, the world, what- the world doesn't need what women do. It needs what women are, right. which is like, because it's so hard. I find like for me, and I think for most of us, it's so hard to celebrate, to celebrate, to separate who we are from what we do, right? right? Because we are so surrounded by everything that places so much worth on what you do, what you accomplish, what you, you know? So um, so even if we're talking about things like, that it's true that there is something to um, roles of women in motherhood, in homemaking, in mm-hmm. like those kind of, like it's true. So it's like, there's like these grains of truth. Um, but then it's hard to separate that out from what it means. Like, what are the, like that woman who is in that particular mm-hmm. role, mm-hmm. who is doing that particular thing, but is not defined solely by those things. Like mm-hmm. they are, they, they are an expression of who she is, which is, you mm-hmm. know, like meek, gentle. And I think sure. it's okay even to use those words because I just don't think course, we understand yeah. what those words mean. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think there's something to, I, I, what always comes to mind when I'm thinking about women in the church is that I meet women who have felt this call and drive and desire to, you know, get married and have kids and, and homeschool them, stay at home, all of these things. And it's so beautiful. And that like, they're led in that way and their desire is that, and it's, it's beautiful. So I'm like, I have nothing against that. Um, and I think what we're all getting that is, well, and we're, we're saying this is like, there's not, but that's just because some women are called to that doesn't mean that all women are called to that specifically. And there's other women who are called, who end up in, in careers and are, are very high performing, you know, and they have families, or maybe some women aren't able to have children or whatever it is, right. but there's a call to that. And I think, I think it comes down to, um, whoops, sorry, there's <laughs> my husband is having nice. a, like a, a theology meeting in the next room over. So people are starting to arrive. So anyways, nice. it might be the doorbell. Mm. Um, uh, so we, but I, um, sorry, my last my train of thought here. Let me come, let me, the train of thought has left the station. Let me get it back. <laughs> um, we're going to flag it down. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, everyone, everyone, um, is called to something but it, it comes down to discernment and yeah. no one on the exterior can, can discern for us what God is calling us to do. Right. right? Yeah. Like it's between me and the Lord and, you know, um, my spiritual director and for me, maybe yeah. my husband too, of discerning things, but, but, but that's not, yeah. Uh, and yeah. so right. Aaron's saying she can hear the background sounds. Well, I'll just, when I'm not talking, I will turn the sounds <laughs> off. Sorry, folks. That's okay. I was <laughs> meaning to be like, subtle and put it in the chat. <laughs> I know you were being subtle, but I was like, if you can hear the background, I'll just, you know, tell everything anyways. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and I think that is key. And for me, even like in dating our expectations of, well, this is how Catholics should date, or this is how right. Catholics should, you know, and I've heard, had so many expectations in my, my dating experience didn't necessarily fit all of those expectations, but what it has come back to for me is, um, like, what am I, what do I desire? Right. Like what gives me life? 
And then can I truly trust that that, that, that what gives me life and what I desire on a deeper level, that that's actually a sign of where God is leading me. Right. Um, because I, you know, as many times as I'm like, Lord, like if you want me to have kids and be a same home mom, like I will do that in a second. Like yeah. I would, mm. I would love that. I would quit that. So there is a dire desire for this. And yet this, you know, for me right now, currently my work and teaching and finishing my PhD that keeps coming in front of me. And there is it's such a joy in that, that I'm like, I cannot deny the life that mm. comes to me. And even, um, you know, talking about how all women are called to be mothers, the motherhood that I am getting to live in encounters mm. with my students sometimes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just think it, it, it's, we have to, um, we have to bring it back to the level of, of individual discernment. discernment right. Yeah. That's my point. Right. I mean, part of the reason we're having this conversation too, is because I think there is in women, like there's a suffering of like confusion about mm. what does it mean to be a woman? And, and maybe, and I, I'm sure actually like for guys also right right now, like there's just generally a lot of confusion yeah. about all of this. Yeah. Um, but then from like a faith perspective, you are kind of, and it does help some, it does help sometimes like to have a concrete image of like, this is what like motherhood could look like. This is what being a spouse could look like, but, but I'll, I think, yeah, the suffering like for me comes in when I'm, I am even not any of those things. Like I'm not a mother and I'm not a spouse and I'm mm. not a daughter in a typical way that I used to be right. like, you know, so what is my womanhood? What does my femininity mean now? And it's not like, of course, our womanhood and manhood are always kind of in relation to others. Like it's not totally in isolation or something, mm-hmm. but it's, yeah. So I think this is where what you're saying, Nicole is really helpful. It's like, okay, the, the Lord is leading me in this moment specifically in a way, and I need to be listening. Um, but there's also a sense in which like the caricatures of women that we have, and we've kind of just picked one right now, which is like, you know, maybe like the, right. the everybody's called to be a stay-at-home mom or something like this. And, and, and again, like this is not, we, I, my mom was a stay-at-home mom. I love stay-at-home mamas. Like God bless those women are heroes, but like, you know, they're, but that can become a caricature or the caricature of like right. the, the world shows us, which is like, you know, what you said, Aaron, go yeah. woman domin, domineering, kind dominate of. your world. Yeah. And here's, yeah. you know, to use, so my mom was also a stay-at-home mom and I remember her say, you know, she trained as a teacher. She was great. She taught music and phys ed. She's super cool. And then she had me and decided to stay home. And then they decided to try out homeschooling for one year and ended up homeschooling five kids. And, you know, but she had someone, um, my siblings and I were involved in this uh, school division choir when we were in high school. And it was great. It was such a wonderful experience. Um, and one of the conductors came up to my mom one time and said, you know, like you're, you're, you are, you're this music teacher and you obviously are talented, whatever. Like, why did you, why are you in a sense wasting your time and talents just staying at home wow. with only five kids you could have reached so many more children wow that's wow. a little bit bold yeah, interesting wow. right Gosh, yeah. um and my mom like she she kind of like she it didn't hit her like she was like mm. um in her her mind she's like but I've I've chosen to invest deeply in my five children mm-hmm. and they're gonna go out and reach a lot of people yeah um, and that's my call but it was also this thing of like she, in her mind, she was like, she doesn't really understand yeah, what it means. Right, right. Like she doesn't right, understand yeah. what it means yeah. to to live this vocation of being at home and like yeah. nurturing children and you know, yeah. um, in in that more kind of direct way and while well, forsaking all other kids yeah. and other yeah. people's kids, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah. 
So yeah. I think, yeah, I think as you say, Rachel, it can go, it can go both ways. Right. Yes. And that's why it comes down to like, can I be convicted enough and what God is calling me to do to withstand all of the criticism that comes? I feel like yes. as women, no matter what we end up in our, how we live out our vocations, mm-hmm. we're going to get criticism from someone. And can we be solid enough in our identity as a, as a daughter of God to say, it doesn't matter what other people think, because this is how I'm living out my call. Um, and I think that's just hard to do. It is hard to do. It is hard to do. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say in some true. senses, it's like, um, cause I was thinking about this. I think I might've talked about this in another episode before, but I remember watching a friend who'd become a sister and she was on something where somebody was interviewing her. And I remember her speaking and seeing the way that she speaks. And so for those of you, if this is maybe the first episode you're listening to, um, I'm a consecrated virgin, which is like a spouse of Christ in the same way that a nun is the spouse of Christ. It's a consecrated vocation and listening to her speak and hearing like the joy and the gentleness and the goodness in her voice and just like, and knowing her, I felt like the deepest, the biggest failure as a consecrated person that has ever existed in the world, because I'm like, I'm not that. And I can think about so many of the sisters that I know, um, or even consecrated virgins that I know. And there's, uh, um, and there's like, there's like something beautiful about the way they receive women. And I feel like I can see this shortcoming in myself in this way, but then at the same time, it's like the Lord has also then pointed out to me things about myself that he has given me as gifts and that are like unique to me, like that my motherhood looks different. Like it's expressed in a different way. It shows up in a different way. And that it's like, and so I'm hearing, like, even when you're talking about Nicole, about being like led specifically into things, I feel like it's like ultimately being led into holiness because yeah, if we're growing holier, if we're becoming like holiness is about becoming more and more ourself. Yes. It's like having all of the parts of ourselves that are wounded by sin and are um, like perverted in a sense, like mm-hmm. that's a, you know, and I use that word in the, in the kind of like the desires that we have that are distorted from what, um, from what they should be drawn to, which is God. So like, as those things come, like become ironed out, then it's like, we will become more and more women, womanly Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. as we are designed to by God, you know? And so, okay. So here we've kind of gone all over the place. And like, honestly, this conversation is getting messy because there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that, it's not, it's not like a logical, like, this is what it means to be a woman. This yeah, is exactly yeah. our point. Like it's, 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 it's just, it's more complicated than that. And right now it's really messy in the world and it's really messy in my life. Like it's messy. <laughs> also, I'm a very analytical thinker, but my brain is like, like a multiple ping pong games going on all the time. And it's bouncing all over the place. And that's like, I know that's a stereotype of, of the feminine brain, but maybe we're just allowing this to happen right now. Of like, let's that's just right. let all our brains go and make spaghetti and see what comes yeah. out. Like what brilliance appears. Yeah. Yeah. If like a very, very linear thinking guy is listening to this episode and you've gotten this like, far. Congratulations. Yeah, you're amazing. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. Congr- yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think it's also, it's also hard because, and this has been, a, this is a very personal experience. I have realized there are things about being a woman or femininity, like for example, just honoring my desires or beauty. Beauty is for me, like a very, a, a has been a difficult thing where it's like, Mm. I have rejected, I have really rejected because I've experienced. So like there I've had experiences in my life where my beauty has, has invited distorted kind of 
um, responses from let's be honest right. from men. So like, so there was a t- period in my life, a long period in my life where I rejected beauty. Like I was like, I am not gonna, like, I did not try. I, I yeah. actually didn't try on purpose. Like I would look like I went to high school and my mom, like for a couple of years, I was like, what are you doing? Cause I would like, I would just like, you know, throw my hair up. And I just kind of was, I didn't care. I really, and I didn't want to care. Cause I was like, if I care and if I am beautiful, it's bad, it's a bad thing. And so there's a way in which like, and this is what, you know, this is where maybe like, it helps to have to think about Mary as a model, but not in a caricatured kind of way, but as in, in a real way, like what is beauty really? What are these kind of things? Obviously men are also beautiful, but I, I don't know. This is maybe just, this is a personal thing. Maybe I think that women are, have kind of a vocation to be beautiful in a certain sense. Like we kind of, there's something about us that reveals something about God's beauty in a particular Our bodies way. are more beautiful. Let's be real here. Not, yeah, you know, you said it, I didn't, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna argue with you. And I, uh, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So like in, in that, a different like, way, beautiful, a different way. Yes, okay. exactly. So then like, what does that mean? Like, what is beauty? So I, I have found that there's all these ways in which what it means to be a woman and maybe, you know, correspondingly what it means to be man have been denigrated or by sin in lots of ways in the world. Mm-hmm. And so like trying to reclaim that in our own lives is really important. And it's not mm-hmm. just, it, it does bleed out. So I find that like, okay, when I experience healing in this, as I've experienced over healing, what it means to be beautiful and like embrace beauty as a part of who I am as mm-hmm. a woman, I've noticed like, oh, there's, I have friends who are dealing with this. I have other, so there are ways in which like, it's not like our womanhoods, I guess I'm saying this to say that we're saying individual discernment is really key, but it's not key because like your womanhood is just kind of in a closeted, you know, closed off space, separate from other women. No, there is a shared experience Mm. of what it means to be a woman. And it's maybe difficult to spell out, but it's, it's actually not that difficult once you start living your womanhood more and more to experience that connection with other women be like, Oh, Mm -hmm. you're also struggling in this way. Mm-hmm. And this is how God's helped me and how God has helped you can help me too. And mm-hmm. yeah. And there's, uh, so Nathan, my husband, who's uh, doing his PhD in theology, he talks about this concept of like unity and difference, the one and the many, right. um, diversity and, uh, oneness or whatever, you know? And so in that we're, as each of us, as individual women, we reflect the nature of God, um, in some way as individuals, but also as, as a group. Um, so there's, there's a sense in which, yeah, we are the same, but we're the same in the midst of all of our individual differences. And what does Mm -hmm. that mean? Um, and it's a distortion to say, oh, well, we're all completely individual and there's nothing in common. It's also a distortion to say we're all the same and what it means to be a woman is exactly the same. It's a both end. Right. And I think therein lies the detail. It's easy to kind of skew one way or the other. Yeah. 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 Um, I've heard an image of a diamond for that before, because a diamond, if you have like a multifaceted diamond, it's like made of the same thing. it's you know like it kind of um acts similar ways in light it does like all of those kind of things but then depending on like the shape of the facet or the position where where the light is or all of those kind of things like each of each of those different facets can reflect something different or can reveal something different or can which Mm -hmm. is like yeah I wanted to I wanted to actually come back to what you were saying even before about like rejecting 
beauty, Rachel, with that. Yeah. Cause I feel like we can do that with anything. Like there is such a beautiful vulnerability that women have that yeah. is particular to women because there is a receptiveness, right? Like yeah. there's a recept, something that is intrinsically receptive or is meant to be receptive in the heart of a woman. And that takes a good deal of vulnerability to have the heart open, to be a, like a landing place for other people. But yeah. then it's like, it's, it's so easy to reject that because because of our experiences of having people abuse that in, in us, you know, and I feel like it's that with a lot of the things that are the particular gifts of, of women is like the experience of having those things taken advantage of or abused or, or whatever, then, then teaches us that we need to kind of close those things off or, you know, like we can't be gentle because then people are going to kick us around. We can't be meek because, you know, then we're not going to have our voice heard. We can't like all of those kind of things, you know? Yeah. And there's like such a strength in, this is what I've discovered as like, God has been healing me in these ways. There is such a strength in reclaiming that. And it's not a strength Mm. that you have to sort of prove. It's a strength that's, it's like, it's, it is, it just is, you know? So like, and, and I think for me, like, okay, we'll, we'll stick with the beauty thing or even like attraction. Like I, like there's ways in which I would shut that down in my life. Like I'm attracted to someone like, well, no, like I don't (laughs) want that because I know, which is dumb because if you want to be married, like I do, that's kind of important, but like, you know, there was a time in my life for lots of reasons. And for many, like there were lots of wounds and all these things associated. Whereas like, I didn't know how to just let myself be attracted to people. And there's a way in which a woman is attracted to some, to, I'm talking in a romantic context, attracted to a man. And it's like, it's beautiful and it's invitational. It's not like, right. And you, like when you see someone who's like a woman who's like in love or a woman who's like attracted, like there's something like beautiful about her that is not just physical. It's like kind of emanates out of her, you know, Mm. it's like, and there's a strength in that. There's a, there's a, there's a deepness Mm. to that. That is not just like infatuation or something, you know, it's a a woman who has allowed herself to be vulnerable enough to to say, I I love this person. And there's something, there's something intangible that that's really beautiful about Mm -hmm. that. Yes. Yeah. 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 And it is like that identity, like even just a share, um, like I went on a retreat recently and the day before the morning I left, actually, there was this time of grace with the Lord where he, where he basically said, I'm giving you a gift. And it's a gift of confidence. And I was like, okay, great. So confidence in <laughs> confidence in you. And I was like thinking about, you know, like being confident in the Lord, care, like whatever. But then over the next few days as I was praying, he was very clear. He was like, no, it's you having confidence in yourself. But for me specifically, it was in my vocation. I'm a bride. Mm. I'm a bride. And it's like, there's something that has been so freeing in that and is so good when he gives. Mm. So this is what I was saying, because all of these things, it's like, sometimes we try and work ourselves into these images so hard or into what we think we should be so hard, but it's actually the opposite. It's a, it's a letting go of things Mm. and allowing God to bring forward the identity that is already there. You know? Yeah. 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 (laughs) That's beautiful. That is beautiful. No, but honestly, I love that so much because I, I think that's getting at the heart of maybe why we wanted to do this episode, because I think there is kind of this really not great striving, like Mm. grasping that we can do as women. And this is what we're kind of getting at with the caricatures. Like, oh gosh, I have to like be that kind of single person or that kind of wife or that kind of mom or this kind of consecrated Mm -hmm. person. Like, 
and you're just grasping and you're striving. And then, and then there's, that's not it. That's just not it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, just like right. open it's your like, hands, let it go. You know? Yeah. To be, be who we already are. We don't have to try to be anything. We just have to come to know who we are yes. in, mm-hmm. and who the Lord sees us as. I also, you guys, I just want to say to like a little bit in my mind of like the elephant in the room of like gender dysphoria and right. women who don't, don't identify with the feminine mm-hmm. qualities or, or identify with being born as a woman or, um, and I, we obviously don't have time to go deep into this topic, but I, I just think it's important to acknowledge that in addition, another layer to the struggle of, you know, women who identify as women knowing, well, who am I as a woman? Well, what if, what if even at the base level, you're like, I don't feel, I don't feel like a woman or I don't, that doesn't, doesn't resonate. And, mm-hmm. and the pain in that, in, um, within a context of the Catholic church, that's still kind of figuring out how to love people who are, you know, having experiences of like trans, like feeling trans or, or being trans or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just, I, yeah, I just want to say that, like, I don't, I don't know what to say with that. I don't know how to, you know, but I just want to acknowledge that that might be the experience of, of some folks who are listening and that, mm-hmm. um, that I, I just want to yeah, acknowledge that and say that I don't, I don't know what to say, but I want, I want there to be a, a place and I want there to be healing or, or be, yeah. um, a sense of, of solid identity in the church, um, and in some way, <laughs> I don't, and I, you know, I, I'm just yeah. going to let myself be awkward. This I really don't know how to frame this, but yeah. I just yeah. think it's important to acknowledge. It's just an well. awkward conversation. It's true because even like, I mean, like, it's also good to say that like all three of us believe and profess all the things that the teach that the church believes and professes, you know, about who we are created as men and women and all of these kind of things. Yes. And it's yes. also at the same time, okay to just for like to k- keep saying that it's just, it's so messy when we talk about identity and what that means. And then this is a whole other facet of it, of like femininity and yeah, and all of those kind of things. And it's, um, it just feels like the, the perfect episode for just like totally open-ended zero actual like real no answers no answers to anything you're welcome see you next here is our mess we're being vulnerable well I I also I think I mean I do want to say I don't think I don't think there's no answers in the sense that like, of course, I mean, like this yeah. is what Aaron's saying is like, yeah. okay, this is messy and crazy. And, and yes. And we're, and especially right now in the world, when it comes to gender, like you were saying, Nicole, like there is the reality of gender dysphoria. Then there's the reality of like people having all kinds of other confusions that get mashed up with gender dysphoria. And there's right. like all kinds of, there's all kinds of things going on that are very confusing and difficult that many mm-hmm. people are kind of dealing with right now. And this, this kind of conversation sort of like, you know, pokes at all of that stuff. And so I, I appreciate that because that is, yeah, that's a, that's a big thing that's happening in the world right now that we don't really, I don't think anyone really understands in a very kind of deep way, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, and we're not claiming to either, but to recognize that that is the experience of some folks. Um, but also in terms of the no answers thing, I just, I think the one answer that we have yeah. is that it is yeah. that our identity, first of all, is child of God. Mm-hmm. Right. And then daughter, son of God. And then it's him who gives, who tells us who we are. It's him who heals yeah. us. It's him who reintegrates sort of all of these pieces that are shattered in yeah. us in different kinds of ways. 
And, you know, and these are important things to bring to him. Like, you know, you don't have to find a cookie cutter image to try to mash yourself into, right. You have to go to the one who made you and he will sort of reshape you, you know, like he will Mm -hmm. sort of give you your shape or the shape, not reach, but give you the shape he always intended you to have. Yeah. 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 And that's like, the answer. That's, no, that's the answer. Yeah. No, answer, it's true. Go to Jesus. Yeah, whatever, Jesus, whatever right? the identity is like, we all have identities and things that are not God, right? Like, right. Like things yeah. that we kind of cling to, but it's like, it's just so beautiful that God doesn't come to us and say, you have to let go of those things for me to give you your real identity. Cause he does in some ways, but it's almost like he, he like allows our real identity to come up in us and supplant mm. these things so that it's not like he asks us to step out into this place of complete existential, like yeah, whateverness so that he, am I? you know, like he just is very gentle. He's very tender. Yeah. He's very very like he sees um and he goes as we're ready to receive things you know Mm -hmm. so it's like it's like somebody who when you're you know um uh, you're having an emotional crisis and somebody Mm -hmm. who's just willing to take you in their arms and just hold you and it's like wherever you're at it's okay and and let and let you let yourself let you return to a place where you're like oh yeah okay here I am here's me again I don't feel so dysregulated right like like Christ does that to us he can hold us Mm -hmm. um yeah uh, so in a certain sense that is quite feminine isn't it like there's like this the reality of like receptivity that we're talking really we're talking about like being able to receive and obviously like this is something men and women have to do but there's part of like a particular kind of charism Mm -hmm. of womanhood that is this receptive kind of thing mm-hmm. um yeah okay so that was there oh you my go. gosh that's <laughs> funny I'm like okay so we'll tell you next episode how many <laughs> letters uh, we've no. received no. <laughs> I know I mean no this is a messy conversation so, you know but we really good. wanted to have this because yeah it's it's confusing for me sometimes like being a, what does it mean to be a woman of God like it's it's mm-hmm. not easy for me but then it yeah it becomes clear when we go to the Lord and um and I think I think, you know, address like going to the Lord with our whole selves, like not mm-hmm. don't yeah. like, we should not caricature ourselves either. Like we're not one slice of our lives. We're whole people mm-hmm. and we, you know, God wants to heal sort of the whole of us, our minds, mm-hmm. our hearts, our bodies, yeah. everything. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. yeah. And Amen. Mary, who is Mary, who's our, mm. our mother, who's the woman that we, that we can, like, who's our model in many ways, like yeah. her words at the wedding of Cana is like, do whatever he tells you, like go to Jesus, like yeah. everybody just keep going to Jesus, you know? Yeah, yeah that's, that's right. <laughs> huh. So in that vein of going to Jesus, my, I'm going to share the God wing today, which is, um, I, so I've been having kind of, this is a funny conversation to have it at the end of a week where I feel like I, I use this phrase a lot. Like, I just feel like a pancake of a person. Like I just like, right completely like flattened out, (laughs) you know, just like, I'm so exhausted. I just, there's no dimension left in me. I'm just totally uh, pancaked. So that's sort of how I feel this week. And I, I'm still adjusting. Like it's been, you know, a few months since I've moved and I don't know, there's just a lot of things in my life that just don't look the same that they did. And I sort of feel like a stranger sometimes in my own life. I'm like, what is my life right now? It's so different. It's unrecognizable to me. Mm. And God, this week has just been like, you don't need you only need me. Like, this has kind of been the theme of my week of him just being like, forget about mm. hard, forget about like, 
<laughs> friends and community. And I have, like, I've met some wonderful people and I'm saying I don't, but like, he's just kind of been hammering this home, like forget about everything else. And just like, you just need me. And today I had a day where like, I woke up kind of late and so it was already kind of a crappy start to the day. And I realized about 11 AM, like, oh my gosh, it's John Paul II's feast day. And I'm studying at the JP2 Institute. So it's like, you know, it's, it's an important it's a big feast deal. day for me. Sure. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's like, I got to make it to mass. And there was a mass I was trying to make with a cup with some friends that was 45 minutes away. And I was just not going to make it. And then I realized like, oh, we have a shrine in town, like 20 minutes away from me for JP2. Like there's this big John Paul mm. II shrine in DC, which is beautiful. If you're in DC, you've got to check it out. I was like, oh my gosh, like I should definitely, they have noon mass. I should go there for the JP2 feast day mass, like obviously. So I went and it was amazing. Like they had this epic, a cardinal said the mass, they had a relic of John Paul II there. It was like this epic like mass. And they ended with this huge procession out to the statue of John Paul II. We got to put our candles of like our intentions there and there was singing and it was just so intense. And I just felt like, so there's two things that came up for me. One was that the Cardinal mentioned John Paul II's, you know, very frequent phrase, like be not afraid. Mm-hmm. And I realized the Lord, this is a very important verse in my life from Isaiah as well. And I just realized the Lord was just saying that to me again, like, don't be afraid. Just like, let go of all your expectations of yourself and just hold on to me. So that was one thing. And then the other thing was like, you know, it was in the, in the hymn at communion and the hymn was like, you know, like something about the light of Christ being in us. And part of the hymn was this lyric, like, let, like, let not my doubts nor my darkness speak Mm. to me. Um, like let your light, like into like, basically like give me your light and let not my darkness or my doubts speak to me. And I was like, beautiful. This is like, thank you, God. Like, this is what I need to hear because I feel like all week, that's exactly what's been happening. Like my darkness and my doubts have been speaking to me. And today it was like, nope, that's not going to happen. No more. Get out. Amen. So yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. Happy JP2 feast day. Happy JP2 feast day. It won't be when we air this, but it's very true, but that's okay. (laughs) Happy belated. Yeah. Yeah, Happy belated. (laughs) Yep. Yep. We'd love to hear your thoughts though. So let us know your thoughts. Yeah, exactly. We would. Hey, God bless you guys. God bless you guys. We're looking forward to being with you next week. Bye. Thank you for joining us for this episode of In the Thicket. If you like what you hear, give us a rating and hit that subscribe button. We have new episodes every Monday with more stories and honest conversations about life when the going gets rough and the hope and humor amidst it all. We'd love for you to join our community on Instagram and Facebook at In the Thicket Podcast. While you're there, let us know how we can pray for you. God bless and see you next week.